Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, everybody. We're so happy and honored to have you tuning in with us once again. And again, I'm excited about um, another episode that's driven by a listener's question. And so today we're going to be talking about kind of like transitions in life and how to manage your money through those. But the specific question that came to us today, Sarah, uh, is how do I transition from living with roommates to living on my own? And this question comes to us from Jaren. Awesome. Well, this is kind of an interesting question, isn't it? A little bit different, maybe. Um, So not a lot of details with that. So I guess I'm going to make an assumption here. Um, for my thoughts. And I'm going to assume that um, this is not a long, long distance move, that it's probably a shorter distance move, moving, you know, roommates to living on um, own. Didn't mention any family involved. So I'm going to make an assumption that it's a single person. Although honestly, I don't know that that matters a a ton in in most of my thoughts. But, um, you know, I'd say number one, um, I'd like to do like a comparison budget, right? So if you're already budgeting, if you're not, then we need to get that plan together, right? So it always starts with a budget. I think everything we do really should start with a budget. We need to know where we're at financially. Um, but I'd like to put together kind of a comparison budget. So what are all of my expenses? What it, What is everything that my budget shows now versus what it might be when I move out? Um, things to consider. What does your rent cover now, right? Does it cover some of your food? Does it cover trash? Does it cover your your utilities? Um, and if you're asking the questions where you're moving to, what is included in that rent, right? Um, it's different everywhere. Some it's all inclusive, some it isn't. So um, that's one thing that comes to mind right away. Second thing- yeah. If I may, though, real quick, because I just want to reiterate, like, I think you you said it best first when you said everything starts with a plan. So Mm -hmm. we're always going to go back to that plan. And 99 times out of 100, that plan is the budget. But I love the idea of that that comparison and really understanding Mm -hmm. what are your current expenses and what do those things include, especially something like rent. So many times, like if you're renting an apartment, maybe the water and the trash is already included in that. But then if you move out, and you're going to rent a house, it's now, well, I have my rent, but then I have a separate bill mm-hmm. for things like uh, water and trash. So a great point that I just wanted to reiterate. Please and share that's number two. Well, and, you oh. know, and that's another thing, you know, that you bring up where, what type of place are you living in? Is it an apartment now that you are going to a home, right? Because um, your utilities for an apartment probably going to be different than that of paying for a home, right? So it's really good to look at what's your square footage, you know, where are you living now versus where are you moving into? Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, how far away from work are you moving, right? So your commute is going to p- to play a little bit of a, a role in that because it's going to change your gas budget. It's going to change the wear and tear on your car. It's going to change just time to and from work. And so when you're looking at moving out, right? Where does that put you in distance to where you're going to and from work? Because you need to account for that. 
you know, change in fuel for your vehicle. 100%. I made mm -hmm. a uh, transition. Uh, when I, when I first relocated to the Phoenix area, uh, this was back in like 2007, I literally walked across the street to the office. I, like <laughs> if I was feeling a, a bit lazy that day, I would take the car, but I could literally just walk across the street <laughs> to the office. And my first move was about three miles away. So still not too bad. And then my next move was 12 miles away. And then my final move was 35 miles away each way. So a 70 mile round trip. So to your point, there was certainly more gas and overall wear and tear. I, I was replacing tires more often, right? Mm -hmm. Just all of that stuff that comes with it. So a really good point there. Yeah. And sometimes I think we forget about those things, right? You know, we're just thinking, you know, going from this place to this place, but there's a lot of other factors that play into it and how it affects our budget and how it affects our finances and and um, de deciding on what's really the best move for us, right? Is it a good move? Um, moving expenses, right? Those are something that we need to figure in. Are you getting all your buddies together? Are you going to provide, you know, some pizzas to help them move? Are you just asking friends and family to come over and, you know, bring their trucks? Are, do you have to hire a moving company, right? Or rent a U-Haul to load everything up and make one trip? So something um, to think about because that's an expense that you're paying for right up front, you know, and all at once. Um, Another thing, security deposit. Did you have a security mm. deposit where you're at? And if yes, how long does it take to get that returned to you? Right? Do you think you're, what do you need to do to make sure that you get that um, refunded? And also, how much do you need for the new place? Right? Because again, that's going to be an upfront cost that just because you think you're getting one from your other, you know, where you're leaving, you might very well, but it might not necessarily be at the exact same day that you need to put the new one down right where you're going to. So thinking ahead a little bit on security deposits. It's um, another good one. Mm -hmm. One thing that I think, you know, that comes to mind now is oftentimes when we're living with other people, we're sharing stuff. We're sharing the furniture, right? We're sharing the kitchen utensils right. we're we're sharing so many things the the patio um furniture right all these things and so when you leave a, a um a place where you're sharing all of this stuff what do you need now to purchase furnish for your own place right and you don't necessarily have to buy it all at once but it's important to be looking ahead thinking you know what I kind of like a place to sit because that couch in my current place does not belong to me. So what do I need to do now to plan for um, furnishing my new place? Yeah, that's a really good point as well. And as you were, you were talking about, I'm thinking about how, how I didn't do any of these things when I was younger, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, after graduating high school, like lived with different roommates and and lived on my own a couple of times. And it was just, it was always very discombobulated. It was never planned. And mm. I think, I, I, I hate to sound like a broken record coming back to the same thing, but it, it really is like, if I would have just planned a little bit, bit better mm -hmm. and, and if I would have 
been more mindful of some of the things that you're talking about. I remember um, moving out, uh, moving out of my parents' house. I then got a place, and and I think like mom provided like some dishes and whatnot. And then like a roommate moved in, and then there was a bunch of more stuff. And like now the place looked kind of cool. And three months later, he was all like, I'm out. And it was like, I, I, I kind of got used to all this other stuff. Mm. And when he moved out, had to kind of replenish or even like moving across country and having kind of like offload a bunch of stuff and then acquire a bunch of new stuff. And a lack of planning mm -hmm. meant there was a lot of tight days mm -hmm. in the villa household and like a lot of dollar menu <laughs> eating out and stuff. <laughs> Right, right. You know, and when you're talking about that, something that just came to mind too, Nino, is oftentimes utility companies, if you were living in a place where the utilities maybe weren't in your name or they were fully included in your rent, right? And you move into a place where you are now responsible. A lot of times utility companies require a deposit and, you know, a lot of them are doing credit checks. So it's, it's important to know what that is before you try and put, you know, before you sign your lease, it's important to know what the utility companies require too, because is it going to be number one, additional money out of my budget, right? But is there now a deposit or do I need to have a co-signer because I don't have credit? You know, if you're younger and you don't have any credit listed, um, it's it goes back to the plan, you know, yes, broken record, but it's just um, making sure that we're doing our due diligence on all of these little areas. So it makes the transition easier, right? Doing a little bit of legwork ahead of time makes the actual transition easier and less stressful because you know what you're going, what pieces need to be placed where. So it lines out and you know, okay, I've got myself three months, you know, yes, I can make all of this happen, you know, because I can change my budget around or um, set aside a little bit extra money um, you know, whatever I need to do to make that transition a little bit easier. Hopefully you have that time to be able to do it. But, um, and you know, we're talking about just a close move, right? But I know we really could open yeah. this up and make it more broad. A lot of the same things would apply, say, if we're talking about, you know, moving cross country and there's even more things to factor in, in that arena. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as you're, you're, talking about like giving yourself some time too, or like how much time do I have? I, I got to thinking like, what do you, what do you think about maybe having, if you're leasing, if you know, like I'm renting this apartment, I'm renting mm -hmm. this house, whether you're single, whether you're married, but like, if you know that that, that, that lease ends and you're either going to have to re up it or possibly move, what are your thoughts about maybe having a sinking fund mm -hmm. for moving expenses and just kind of, you know that that lease is going to end in 12 months. Why not just be seeding a sinking fund for 12 mm -hmm. months with a little bit of money to to help, you know, uh, cover all of those moving expenses? You know, actually, that's a really great suggestion because even if you don't have to move, how many times have we seen recently where our rent has increased, right? We've run our duration of the lease, right? And they ask us to, yes, we want to sign another 12-month lease and they're raising our rent 100 or 200 or $300 a month. 
Yeah, right? uh, for all of our listeners out there, I don't know what the markets are like in your area, but here in mm -hmm. Phoenix, I just had a buddy who had to relocate. I, he was renting a house for $1,700 a month. They wanted to raise it to $2,200 a month. That's $500 wow. a month. But I like, in principle, what you're saying is, if you're kind of saving that money over the course of the year, well, then it's sitting there and it's able to help you to pay for those mm -hmm. rent increases um, in the event that it goes up. But then, you know, same principle applies again. You sign that new lease at that new rate, you're still mm -hmm. going to want to stock a little bit of money away for sure. a potential move as well. Well, and it can help you just for a couple of months, right? Because sometimes, oftentimes, we don't know what that's going to look like until we're ready to sign that lease again, right? So we don't necessarily have a couple of months ahead of time to plan for an increase in, in rent prices. And so if nothing else, it might help for, you know, a month or two until you can rework your budget, right, to account for that higher rent. And then you can start putting money back in there for the next go round. I love that. That's a really great idea. Mm -hmm. And as a, as extra encouragement to maybe some of our listeners who are renters and maybe they're thinking like, ugh, like, yes, I have to look forward to rent increases. A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times it costs more money to get a new uh, tenant into an apartment mm -hmm. or a rental home than it is to just keep you there at a lower negotiated price. So I just want to remind everybody that rent is mm -hmm. negotiable. And mm -hmm. just because the landlord comes and says, hey, it's going to be $2,200 doesn't mean you can't at least say, well, hold on, let's look at my my rental history and how good of a renter I've been. Can we negotiate a more reasonable mm -hmm. price adjustment? So excellent, excellent point. Sometimes often overlooked. We just take it as face value, right? This is what they're telling us. That's an mm. excellent piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I think there's a common theme and a common thread coming like through. And that is anytime there's a big transition, whether it's mm -hmm. you're, you're younger and you're moving out of mom and dad's house into your first place, even with roommates, or you're moving out of a place with roommates to your own place, or you're getting married and you're buying a home, like whatever those transitions might be. The common thread is if you put a little thought into it ahead of time, mm. right? We, we all like to pretend and act like we're surprised. Oh my goodness. I have to move. <laughs> um, pretty sure you had a runway. That runway was called mm -hmm. your lease. So at the end of that, something was going to have to happen. Either you're going to re-up or you're going to move. So mm -hmm. we pretend to be surprised by these things when really and this is not to be disparaging at all because I'm fully guilty of this myself, mm -hmm. but it's not that you're surprised. It was that you lacked to plan. You didn't plan. prepare. And so it feels like a big burden. And I guess that's the other thing I really want our listeners to hear is there's enough stresses in life. Like if you lose a job and you have to move to get a new job or mm -hmm. you know, there's a plenty of life stresses finances, of course, are stressful, but you can severely, you can significantly reduce the level of stress with your finances mm -hmm. with a little bit of foresight, a little bit of planning, and a little bit of action to be prepared in the event that these things happen. It really puts you in the driver's seat. 
You know, I really think that you're, you really are in the driver's seat of your financial situation. Um, because you really do get to say what is important to me and what do I need to look ahead, you know, and, and again, that planning. So really you're the one driving your vehicle here. Nobody else is doing it for you. You really are the one that can, can direct, okay, where does my path take me? Right. And where do I need to be planning for all of these? And it's not necessarily a straight line, but you, when those curves come at you, you know that you've taken the the responsibility and taking the time to look ahead right and say mm -hmm. i know i'm going to be moving in a couple of months you know what i'm kind of tired of living in my situation my landlord's talked about putting the house on the market you know so i don't know whether he is or not but i'm going to get right on it and i'm going to start doing some research right and seeing okay what's what are other rent prices in my neighborhood or um, you know, do I need to be looking in an area where my kids can stay in the same school, right? So I'm going to mm -hmm. be um, taking some time now and um, planning because if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But if it does, you are going to be so grateful that you took the time, um, right, to plan ahead and do a little bit of research. Yeah. You brought up um, another really good point that maybe you didn't say it explicitly, so I will, but mm -hmm. you can't control what you can't control. You mm -hmm. can't control if your landlord's gonna put the house on the market. You can't control if the landlord's gonna try to increase the rent. You can't control if a roommate is going to come up <laughs> with their half of the rent. Like You can't control mm -hmm. any of those things. But the one thing you can control, the one thing you are in the driver's seat to use your words is, your financial situation mm -hmm. and how you spend your money. And the old adage goes, I don't remember who said it, but it was somebody much smarter than me. But the old adage is, show me your checkbook and I'll show you what matters to you, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. how you spend those dollars and how you allocate funds, because it's not always just about spending, right? If I'm saving, it's how am I, how am I saving and where am I spending and what am I doing? And take a look right. at, those habits and you'll have a clear indication of what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, you know, maybe you might agree with this, but if you haven't really had your plan in place, right, you haven't really been budgeting, really that's your first step and really to be tracking your numbers, right? And, and evaluating where those dollars have been going because sometimes the thought of having to pay a higher rent, you're like, nope, can't do it, can't do it. Maybe you can, if you chose to make a different decision in some other areas, right? And again, that's the importance and what's really important to you. So maybe life is busy. Maybe you eat out a lot now. Maybe you, you can spend a little bit of time planning ahead, right? Meal prepping, and you're saving that additional money that can go to a higher rent, right? And so it's just a matter of what's important to you and, and evaluating where you're at and, um, what you're willing to do to get to a different position. Yeah. And I want to remind our listeners real quick, if you're wondering, well, that sounds great. I would love to know like what's important to me and kind of put it <laughs> together a plan, a plan that I don't know, prioritizes my expenses, uh, a plan <laughs> that accounts for when I get paid and when my expenses are due. I don't know. You huh. can probably download a free budget template on newmoneyhabits.com. I'm just saying. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I, a free tool, a, a, free, a free tool, you say? 
resources <laughs> from people talking about money? What are you talking about? I I have no excuse now. No excuse now to not uh, not do it. Right? I better log on and get one. Exactly. You know, for anybody looking to put their you know their plan down on paper, whether you print it out and you pencil it in, or you want to fill it out electronically, go to newmoneyhabits.com, download the free budget template. It will help you to uh, outline your entire monthly expense, income and expenses, but by pay period. So you'll know when your money's coming in. You'll know when those expenses are due. You'll know where you have a shortfall. You'll know where you have a surplus, and it'll help you to prioritize all of those expenses. It's great stuff. Wow. Any other thoughts, tips, tricks, anything that uh, you think that the listeners need to know and that making any type of life transition, I do wanna mm -hmm. uh, thank Jaren for the question again. But again, these principles could be applied to any type of uh, mm -hmm. life transition that includes your finances. Mm -hmm. Anything else you got for our listeners? You know, I would just say, take it step by step. You know, don't let the process overwhelm you. Just take it step by step. And I, I really believe doing that comparison, right? Where are you at now and what's going to change? Use our tips that we shared today, you know, to be thinking ahead. Write it down so you get a very clear visual on current versus projected and, and what um, your situation really looks like. And I think it's it's probably not going to be as bad as you think it might be. And, oh, I'm so glad you said it, because if you didn't, I was going to. <laughs> and that is, we usually have it drummed up in our head mm -hmm. much worse than what it actually is. I can't tell you how many times I sit down with a client for that initial consultation, and we're just kind of mapping everything out. And you can kind of hear the the worry or the interpretation mm -hmm. in their voice when they're like, well, I spend this much on this and, oh, my rent or my mortgage is that. And, oh, but I have this credit card. And, but once we put it all down on paper, you'd be amazed mm -hmm. how many, I, I know you know this, but for our listeners, they would be yeah. amazed at how many times you think it's worse than it is. And that includes like the, overwhelming majority of my clients when we sit down and do it the first time realize that they have a surplus that they yeah. actually make more money than they <laughs> spend on what i would call like the necessities and and necessities include like a, a laundry list of stuff that even includes the debt but when <clears throat> when we talk about things like eating out and in the moment we're coming up with a number and, and we're trying to come up with like a realistic like Let's be real about how often do you eat out? How much do you spend each time you do? Now, I, I go through those questions with my clients. Even in those situations, they make more money than they spend, but somehow it either doesn't feel that way or there's some other spending outside of kind of like those necessities that just mm -hmm. kind of eats away at any surplus that they have. But yeah, it's, it's usually <clears throat> never as bad on paper as you have made it out in your head. It's true. It's true. I see it with clients um, every day, right? When we're actually going through and they're like, how is this possible? <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I had no idea. They have no idea that, um, yeah. So, I mean, I could go off on a whole tangent on what that looks like, but uh, um, I digress. But you know, it, it's just true, Nino, right? If you just take a look at and be really honest with yourself where you're at, 
it's probably not as bad as you think it is. And that moving transition is probably not going to be as difficult as you're, you're making it out to be with a little bit of planning and being very realistic with where you're at and what might, um, you know, be coming at you. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, want to remember or want to remind the listeners one more time, you can download the free budget template at newmoneyhabits.com. We want to thank Jaren again for the question of the day and just remind everybody that you can submit your questions for us to address on a future episode. And you can do that at podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Submit your questions to podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We look forward to continuing the conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.